Can ghosts survive a black hole? If monkeys in water become sea monkeys, would I become a seaman? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This This Paranormal Life! Welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast. Every Tuesday, we investigate a different paranormal tailcase or claim and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. As always, you're joined by myself, Mr. Kit Grumelvena, this guy across from me as well, Mr. Roy Pars. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing great. Just based, you know, one of the first questions you asked me started the mm-hmm. podcast was, um, you were under the impression if you put monkeys in the sea, they become sea monkeys. Mm-hmm. I, that is not what a sea monkey is. I think what, what you're else, talking about what there. What else would it be, Einstein? What you're talking about there is just drowning a chimp. They won't transform. They will just sink lifelessly to the bottom of the ocean. So I would not recommend if you were trying to grow your own sea monkeys, do you not to tell me. take. All right, so you, I'm guessing you've oh already God. done this then. You've already tried this. Freddy, Freddy, buddy. <laughs> they told me he took to water like a, a borderline seahorse, which I assume is when they take a horse and oh put God, it in water no. as well. The hay fever that Rory discussed in recent episodes seems to have somehow it transferred its way over to me. And I sound like I've drank 16 pints last night. But I think it's just because uh, it's nice weather outside. I didn't even notice anything. I so, think you sound great. I apologize. Well, no, I don't apologize because now you're getting some beautiful dulcet tones. We're going to dive right into today's investigation, I think, Roy. Like the monkeys. April 12th, 1961 is a legendary date in history. Piat. Shitri. Tri. Dva. That was the day Yuri Gagarin became the first person to combat the final frontier and travel into space. Oh. He managed to orbit the planet in 89 minutes and made it back to Earth safely. The mission was a roaring success and Yuri's face was splashed across every newspaper in the world. It was official. The USSR had beaten America in the space race. But what if I told you that Yuri Gagarin was not the first person in space, but in fact, the first person to go to space and survive? Quite often in our stories, we fast forward in time, but today we're going to rewind back to February 2nd, 1960, more than a year before Yuri's fateful journey. Achille and Giovanni Battista, confusingly also known as the Utica Cordia brothers, were radio enthusiasts living in Turin, Italy. They built their own listening station in a disused German bunker, using parts and spares that they scavenged. How old are they? (laughs) Also, scavenge just means stolen, really, doesn't it? Yeah, you're already probably not allowed in that German disused bunker. Like, imagine someone was in my house and I had, I don't know, I was wearing a nice Rolex and they were like, that's a nice watch. Where'd you get that? Oh, I scavenged it. <laughs> did you? Did you really? Seems like a kind of important and expensive piece of equipment to find lying around somewhere. Uh, I don't know, Rory. I think they were, I'm going to say, they were like teenagers or young men. Okay, okay. All I know is they did, definitely didn't have girlfriends if they're hanging out. Two brothers in a disused German bunker. Although I will say dangerously close to what we're doing right now. Yeah. Radio enthusiasts. Maybe someone will describe us someday as podcast enthusiasts. So they were hiding out in this disused bunker 
using equipment they'd scavenged to listen in on cosmic communications. One February evening, they were scanning Russian frequencies and tapped in to what they thought must be an orbiting capsule. So, uh, Rory, I'm just going to give you, um, for the sake of illustrating the scene here, just going to give you a couple lines. So, uh, yeah, if you could just uh, just go ahead with, with one of the Cordia brothers. All right. Uh, you wrote this, presumably? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to, uh, I just thought I wanted to, you know, because we could just, as usual, we could just like go through the story beat by beat. But I thought it'd be cool to just like put the listener in the time and place of uh, Turin in the 60s. Right. The, the Italian brother? Is yeah, that... the, the Italian brothers. Yeah, okay. in, in Italy. Yeah. Sure. So you want me to read the line that you wrote for the Italian brother? Yeah, man. Don't be so weird about it. It's like, the, you know, the, these are pretty complex characters we're trying to depict here. So, you know. Okay. okay. No, just as, try long, as long and, as just you try just and put your mindset. In, as long as everyone understands as what's young, happening like here. Like a radio enthusiast. You're young. You live in Turin. This is an industrial town. So, um, you know, it's a pretty interesting character, I think. <clears throat> Mamma mia. What's a that? Sure. I mean, the, the delivery of the line itself was pretty good, but I feel like you could just give it a bit more, uh, a bit more heart or something. <laughs> All right, let me try that one again. <clears throat> a Luigi. <laughs> I love that energy. <laughs> what you went off script, but, <laughs> but I love the energy. The Mushroom Kingdom is in trouble. It sounded like a person in serious trouble. Turning the dials all the way up, they could just about hear what sounded like a heartbeat. Dio mio, it sounds like there's a person up oh, there. You've said just quite enough here. What? <laughs> what did I do? This is coming, coming for someone who's been ridiculed in the past on this podcast for doing poor performances in voice acting. What was poor? I don't want to bring up my Yorkshire accent from the last episode because that's a hot topic of conversation. It did get us cancelled. It did, it did. You tread lightly, my Italian friend. Or I'm going to throw a f***ing green shell at you or something. <laughs> the spookiest part is that the signal seemed to be getting weaker as if the craft it was coming from was flying away from Earth at some speed. The brothers were seriously creeped out, but also really confused. The signal had come from space, but nobody had been to space yet. There should only be satellites, radio communications. They might have chalked it up to being just one of those things if it hadn't happened again. Ooh. On the 28th of November, 1960, still four months before Yuri Gagarin's mission, the brothers honed in on a Morse code message from space. The transmission read, SOS to the whole world. Jeez, that's casting a wide net, isn't it? I always love those kind of Morse code things because you know they've got a, the person on the receiving end has got to be doing a double take. Right, like, yeah. That can't be what it means. Yeah, it's like, have I gone wrong here somewhere? Yeah, heard a thing the other day, right? SOS doesn't stand for basically anything. Wasn't it save our something? Wasn't yeah. that what it was like the generic kind of answer was? Yeah, people think it's like save our souls. But yeah, people think it's that. But yeah, it's like... It's just a code. It's just a code. It's, yeah. just, it's just like, there was other... There was like, I think after a while, all the countries got together and started trying to agree because they were like, actually, it'd be helpful if we all knew what, we were, one, what yeah. we were saying. And that one, I think the SOS is like, it's basically like 
really hard to get wrong when you're doing the Morse code. Right. Whereas other things might be easier to get wrong. The Titanic was kind of a big moment when people changed their minds because I think the Titanic, they ended up, because there was no international agreement, they had to do like a couple of different messages because they were ah, like, yeah, help someone, us. Or like, please. oh, help, what's help us in German? Oh, God, yeah. I don't know. And here I thought the international cry for help was uh, having a paranormal podcast. Ha ha Mamma mia. <laughs> You're right there, Rory. <laughs> This is me in therapy. The person's like, you you know you're not recording the podcast right now, right? I don't like to talk about my feelings. <laughs> the only way to deal with the gravity of the situation is to talk like a Mario. <laughs> like, let's go back to your childhood and talk talk about your father. Bowser? Bowser's not Mario. You don't even know a lot about Mario to be doing this. <laughs> Learn more about Mario if you want to do Mario voices. I love my uncle Luigi. No. <laughs> the therapist is trying to speak your language. It's like, I guess it's like you're looking for that final star. And you're like, that's actually really unprofessional of you, Doc. And I don't appreciate it. And I think our time is our up cup. today. No, no. <laughs> Maybe the princess you are looking for is inside you all along. What the f*** are you talking about? Mario jumps on boxes. What the f*** is this princess shit? SOS to the whole world. What did it mean? They were clearly discovering something huge here. This was before, you know, this was before Spotify. Before CDs. So, you know, if you were hanging out with your boys and you wanted to be like, hey, let's let's get this party going a little bit. You would just have to twist the dials on those old ancient radios till you find something that slaps. Uh, and uh, half the time it would be a cosmonaut lost in space. <laughs> I think it was I think it was radio to be fair. I think they could just turn on the radio, listen to music, you know. Yeah. It was the 60s. But it would be like half of the radio channels around that time would be, you know, like old-timey bangers. Old-timey, like, And then just the signal music. would just freak out for a second. Help me, I'm lost in a black hole. Whoa, 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 twist that dial. Going down to the market, help my girl out for a night on the... Oh, my God! The aliens are real. Oh, turn that dial a little bit back in the things. Wow, what a great track. That's the new single from Oh, My God, I'm Lost in a Black Hole. KGB agent in the corner of the radio station shut it down <laughs> shut it down on several occasions they say their radio station picked up various orbiting Soviet spaceships and even detected a secret rocket launch there were three days in May that year they claimed to have heard a spacecraft in distress calling for help this was the most alarming thing Strange enough to hear seemingly impossible transmissions of spacecrafts and the astronauts aboard them, but these people were in distress. The most chilling transmission they received was a Russian female voice describing her ship being engulfed in flames. I actually have the audio the Utica Cordia brothers recorded right here. I don't want to hear that. About a woman whose ship was exploding I see flames, I see flames, I feel hot, I feel hot. 32, 32, 41, 41, am I going to crash? If that recording is genuine, 
We just heard the final moments of the real first woman in space. So as you've gathered, the brothers recorded these signals and released nine recordings over a period of four years. They claim documenting the deaths of multiple Russian cosmonauts that nobody else seemed to know about. It's not quite as romantic as um, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. If in the history books, one of the first people to escape the Earth's gravitational pull, their quote in the book is, Icy flames, icy flames, dear God help me, SOS. I see the face of God, it's got (laughs) devil horns. Eternal damnation faces us all. Yeah. Turn back. God has forgotten us. You don't want that to be like, you know, your history lesson for the day. Teaching about mankind's first exploration into the beautiful stars. And it goes for anything. It doesn't have to be as great as, you know, man setting foot on the moon (laughs) or something. It could be if you're the first guy to try the stuffed crust pizza at the Domino's. (laughs) And the local press ask you for a quote and you say, I see flames, I I see see flames, (laughs) I saw the face of God and he is unkind and and unhappy. You know, that's not going to sell pizzas. No, it really isn't. And it's going to take the the government investment in stuffed crust pizza. It's going to be gone forever. Yeah, they want they want the the phrase one giant leap for pan kind. (laughs) Deep pan. Nice. Now, maybe you, Rory, or maybe the people listening at home are not convinced. After all, we have only the word of two people on this, and being brothers, there's always a chance they cooked up a story for shits and giggles. Talking alligator type of deal. But these brothers weren't the only people to witness secret space malarkey before the first official mission. It was March 26, 1961, near the city of Perm, USSR. Everyone's got curly hair there. Yeah. People were going about their business when the peace was broken by an earth-shattering noise. It sounded like an anti-aircraft rocket. Looking up into the sky, the people of Perm, they saw the source of the deafening boom. A small capsule had re-entered the atmosphere. An ejector seat burst from the pod and parachuted to the ground before the town's eyes. Officials appeared suspiciously quickly, as if from nowhere, to shoo people away. Go back to your homes. This doesn't concern you. It's a routine test, nothing more. Nothing says routine test like rocket exploding in the atmosphere. Yeah. Tons people gathering around, military with machine guns, turning people away. <laughs> it's just a normal Wednesday, guys. <laughs> but there had been so many witnesses, people couldn't be kept back. Rescue crews and volunteers came from miles around to lend a hand to whoever had just dropped out of the sky. But when the ejector seat was found on the ground, people realized the official story about the dummy flight was true. There was a literal dummy in the seat. Oh. It was a bit of a letdown. The people were pissed. Apparently someone was so angry they punched the doll in the face. (laughs) Welcome to Earth. (laughs) There were uh, at least have to be a handful of people that thought that's what alien life looked like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. A mannequin. (laughs) It's still wearing a... Hollister jacket. Yeah, you you know, like in the movie, everyone's going, oh, it's just a dummy. And then someone gets close to it and the dummy just grabs the nearest man by the, <laughs> by the throat, throat, lifts him in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the dummy now? <laughs> the official story was that the dummy, who was named Ivan Ivanovich, uh, the Russian version of John Doe, was just part of a communication testing for Yuri Gagarin's upcoming flight. 
But we're not buying that, Rory. I don't have to tell you that Soviet Russia were actually pretty good at concealing the truth from the public. Mm-hmm. For, for example, Stalin was having stroke after heart attack after stroke in his 60s, but was constantly reported to have perfect health up until the day he died at 75 years old. Uh, I think he was literally uh, unconscious before dying, before they ever uh, even reported in the news that he was unwell. It was like they waited till the last possible second to be like, oof, there's no way of uh, talking our way out of this one. Yeah, I just assumed... Should we get the dummy out again? <laughs> I assumed it was probably two or three years of weekend at Bernie-style shenanigans <laughs> where he was showing up to business meetings in cool Russian shades <laughs> with his arms around two men. <laughs> Stalin's a lot more chill than I remember. What I'm getting at is communist Russia had a lot of secrets, and I bet there are some still buried. If they're trying to cover up things that happen on Earth, who knows what they've been up to in the sky? On Earth, there's evidence and shit. Imagine things that you're sending out into space and you don't have to ever explain away, like a weather yeah. balloon or something. Yeah, yeah. Anything could happen. What? So what's your conspiracy with this test launch that you don't think it was a test launch, even though there was a mannequin in the nub? Hard to know. I mean, it could have been... It could have been... Imagine this was just a cover-up for a rocket. Let's say if they sent a rocket into space with 16 cosmonauts aboard. Oh, yeah, I see. Wouldn't it be perfect uh, perfect explanation to the international community and press to send a decoy dummy back down to Earth and be like, huh, uh, dummy survived. We're doing great, guys. Oh. Meanwhile, the cosmonauts are like, I see flames, <laughs> I see flames. Right, right, right. While well, they uh, send a crew there to pick up the dummy and they're like, everything's all right. There are human bones also <laughs> raining down behind them. And they're like, oh, that's just the dummy's bones. <laughs> we were also uh, testing the flight of a KFC bucket. So I think that's probably just the chicken wings coming down. You know, those astronauts get hungry up there. Everyone go back to work, by the way. A human leg just lands <laughs> six feet away from the dummy. Oh, boy. Weirdly, the evidence for all of this may have been hiding in plain sight this whole time. I scarred the internet for news articles from around this time, and in 1960, Robert Heinlein, author of Starship Troopers, funnily enough, interviewed Russian soldiers who couldn't stop boasting about a new achievement of theirs. I tell you, comrade, we launched a man into orbit this very day. But when Robert asked officials to confirm or deny the story, they denied any knowledge of such an incident. Then later said it did happen, but there were no astronauts aboard. It was just unmanned. Oh. So getting some weird, conflicting stories. That is really weird. Also, there was a report in The Daily Worker, a British communist newspaper in April 1961, saying that Russian Lieutenant Colonel Vladimir Ilyushin had successfully orbited the Earth three times before landing. It was reported that there was a secret launch very early in the morning, but on return to Earth, something went wrong. The Lieutenant Colonel's ship had a technical failure, resulting in injuries that scrambled his brains. First, they said he was suffering from, quote, mental anguish, which was then downgraded to coma. Good Lord. Scrambled his brains. That's what not happened? good. That's not a technical term or a medical term. Yeah, whatever doctor gave that diagnosis, get me a new doctor. Yeah, 
<laughs> His brain looks like uh, scrambled eggs. <laughs> Can I see your medical license? <laughs> Can I see it, please, sir? He passes you uh, an ID that just says he's a line cook from a local hotel. <laughs> My specialty is scrambled eggs. Uh, I also like the idea that in order for a launch to be secret, you just have to do it really early in the morning, as if no one's going to notice a f***ing rocket blasting into space yeah. before rockets are even a thing at least today when a spacex launch goes up it's like i don't know we've been doing rockets for a while yeah back then it was a lot more alarming i, I still think it's weird though that um rocket launches like aren't a more publicly acknowledged thing because mm. even with spacex you see that all the time where like an entire downtown city will just be like what the f happened last night the sky is purple and i just saw birds migrating out of an entire <laughs> forest and it's like oh yeah spacex just launched a rocket and it's like i don't know maybe Shouldn't they do have, heads yeah, up. maybe they do have to jump through a lot of hoops but it seems like they just can do whatever <laughs> they want i feel like if so much as the local council here puts out a f traffic cone uh, to divert traffic one day. Yeah. Everyone in the neighborhood gets letters about it, being like, heads up, guys, there's going to be a f***ing cone out there one day. And there's cone protests. <laughs> there's someone starting a Facebook group saying the cones don't exist. It's mad, but... <laughs> yeah, but suddenly you can launch a, like, 50-ton uh, robot dick into the <laughs> right? space yeah. that blocks out the sun for two days. And sometimes it's like, well, what was the point of that? And it's like, just about just want to see if this rocket he was put cool. a car into space one time just for shits and giggles it's why it must be a money thing you can just cash a check and do whatever you want that's the world isn't it that's the kind of money i want to have yeah you've heard of uh you money yeah. what kind of money that's block out the sun money yeah i want to be able to have enough money that i can ride a blimp through downtown manhattan but not high up i want it like building level and I can flip off all the businessmen <laughs> working in their little offices. <laughs> How much money do you need for that? There was a guy on TV recently. I saw him on like Breakfast News show or something one day there. He was on there because I think he's he's some British guy, but he like flies hot jetpacks or something. Right. He's like a real Tony Stark type guy. And uh, on the news, they were like, how'd you get into all this? Huh? Like who gets into flying jetpacks and... Sure. Experimental planes and weird shit. And then he was like, well, you know, my granddad did fly helicopters and stuff. Uh, maybe his dad was in the army or something. So he was like, so, you know, I was kind of interested in aviation. But really, after 16 years of working uh, in like oil trading in the All city right, of London, yeah. <laughs> I, I really felt a calling to just do something more with my life. It's like, you, we need to tax these people. How, how can you make so much money that your job now is flying jetpacks? By the way, everyone has a call to do something more with their life. <laughs> Just no one can execute on that call. <laughs> Particularly when the call is jetpacks. The audacity to think that like someone who doesn't just like pack bags at a checkout doesn't want to do more with their lives is so horribly insulting. A homeless man sleeping on the street would love a jetpack. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. Also, I'm starting to see where you got the oil for to run the jetpacks. All that oil <laughs> trading. Starting to think you were skimming off this oil. Weren't even buying and selling it all. That's why. Yeah, dude. Too much money. Too much money. <laughs> 
don't think that guy needs to send around letters when he puts out a cone or goes on a jetpack mission. <laughs> That's one of those comical moments where uh, they're so close to the situation and what they're doing, they haven't realized that they are the Green Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you're a villain you are a, a cartoon villain sir you're like taking a goblin glider to your downtown penthouse suite that flight alone costing fifty thousand dollars is is yeah you are a villain <laughs> i know people need to keep an eye on him if during this breakfast news interview he starts talking about cleaning up the city and and how uh, the bloodline of humanity has gotten uh, muddied. Yeah, yeah. You need to keep, keep a close him. eye. And his son, Harry. Keep an eye on him as well. Because <laughs> if anything happens to the dad, suddenly Harry's going to be pretty opinionated about bloodlines. <laughs> I don't really remember what the Green Goblin wanted, to be honest. Was it just stop Spider-Man? I think it was. <laughs> well, there was a... No, no, no. Well, to be fair, the Green Goblin, um, at least from my very limited knowledge from the... Uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Sure. He, um, it was the gas that made him go a little bonkers. <laughs> the Osborne gas. Okay. So I think he wasn't quite right in the head. His, his, to use a, a term we've used before, his brain was scrambled. Sure. A little bit, I think, by the gas. Because it was kind of just power and money. Mm. And he was a little wild. That was really, that's really the most realistic thing that uh, comic books have got right. The biggest threat to our society is, is millionaires. Yeah. With scrambled brains. Oh, yeah. That's why uh, Kingpin is a great uh, Spider-Man villain. And I think he's, isn't he the villain in Daredevil as well? Mm. Um, he's just a rich asshole <laughs> who, like, wants to own everything and buy everything. Uh, he's like a mob boss. And it's like, yeah, that's that's very realistic. Yeah. The, uh, he doesn't need a pumpkin bomb <laughs> to be evil. He's a pretty bad man. No villain's origin story ever starts at Burning Man or... <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know gardening or taking shrooms it's usually amassing huge amounts of wealth jeff bezos is one infinity gauntlet away from being a supervillain. <laughs> you don't think jeff bezos if he went to that f cliff that thanos went to he wouldn't push over his wife and children <laughs> over that edge to get the stone This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. 
All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot. And whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. <laughs> so the lieutenant colonel with the scrambled brain, um, this whole incident was swept under the carpet. And needless to say, everything was forgotten just days later in the media frenzy that would surround Yuri Gagarin. Annoyingly for us paranormal investigators... <laughs> it sounds bad, but Ilyushin didn't die. Uh, he lived to the age of 82, didn't pass away till 2010. Um, and his brain didn't seem to be that scrambled that he uh, wasn't able to recover um, because he maintained that he never went to space and none of that ever happened. Oh, that's disappointing. But he would say that, wouldn't he? And maybe his brain is so scrambled that even he believes he didn't get his brain scrambled by space. Right, right. You, it's like scrambling eggs so hard that they go back to egg form. <laughs> Which statistically must be, be a possibility, a possibility no. in some universe. <laughs> and in terms of these other articles, even the Washington Post got involved. One journalist wrote several pieces about classified Russian space accidents in the 60s and 70s, claiming he had heard a transmission recording of a crew of astronauts screaming, Remember us to the motherland. We are lost. We are lost. Wow. A crew! A whole crew of them! Why did they think that was the answer? Sending out more people? This is like a fireworks show, and that's the big finale where you send up like six and one. Yeah, it's a very different story, isn't it, to the official story, which is that they sent up Laika, the dog. Yeah. People forget that. I feel like kids, there's probably people listening to this who are so young that they might not even know that the first astronaut was a dog. Yeah, and then they sent up a monkey, I believe. There was a chimp <laughs> that went to space. Although maybe he maybe he came back, I don't remember. <laughs> he was too smart. He turned around as soon as he got control of the thing. Wow, this is crazy. Well, look, you know, as we said, this was a weird time in history, the space race. Two countries competing for this trophy uh, so desperately that um, they were willing to do whatever it takes. And... It's, it's pretty, that's a pretty terrifying place to be in. So true. And that's exactly what makes this story so hard to understand. You know, we've got this cold war essentially between USA and USSR or Russia. So the problem is it actually suits the USA to make up lies about Russia. And if we want to give Russia the benefit of the doubt, we say, Maybe all these articles about failed space experiments was just propaganda. Yeah. But then the USSR does go and do stuff like this. In the 70s, a bunch of photos were released of uh, Russian space missions and stuff, except they've photoshopped out astronauts from some photos. Uh-oh. Okay, so Kits just handed me a picture where 
I guess is I mean they're not dressed up like astronauts. These are just guys hanging out together. Yeah, but they're uh, space cadets, like in training or whatever. Right, and yeah, so just picture a bunch of space cadets, and they have just completely taken <laughs> there's a, there's one a of them second out. image where they have the second. See, it's a carbon copy of the first image, except one of the guys is just missing. It's a pretty good Photoshop job, to be <laughs> fair. It's pretty great. I think there might have been one other one. That took me a sec. This is like a... Uh, <laughs> where's where's Wally type thing? Or a spot, one of those spots spot of difference, difference. Uh, pictures. Yeah, there's just a man in the background who... I mean, this is more of an action shot. There's astronauts on the field. There's a colonel. There's a man who looks like Poirot or Winston Churchill. And in the background was another astronaut who they've just taken out of the picture. <laughs> Literally. So Russia claims that uh, they did... So. To be clear, they they acknowledge that they very obviously Photoshop these people out. They claim that these people or astronauts were expelled from the program or had medical conditions that meant they couldn't take part in the space program. At one point, too many people have scrambled brains. You need to stop using that excuse because then it just looks like you're hiring everyone that has a scrambled brain. Take a new photo. <laughs> Why go to the bother of photoshopping these images? Just take a new photo without those guys. I love the idea of uh, this really seems like, you know how you, you see those jokes on social media of people who take a picture with of them by the sunset mm -hmm. and they're trying to make it look like they're holding the sun in their fingers, but they're off a little bit. Oh, so they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. post and be like, hey, someone, can you photoshop this so it looks like i'm holding the sun i like the idea of the ussr posting on twitter and being like hey can someone remove this scrambled brain boy from the background of the photograph <laughs> we're like isn't the guy who disappeared mysteriously the day we all heard an earth shattering rocket sound no 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 <laughs> No, he's enjoying his retirement in a retirement home. It's just a dummy in a wheelchair. <laughs> like, no, he is alive and well. Here he is in his convertible car. It's just like a dummy in a convertible that they pushed off a cliff. Off a cliff. Oh, no. <laughs> you all saw he was alive and well only moments ago. <laughs> So Rory, we have got such a mixed picture. Whilst our story started with these Italian brothers, no relation to Luigi or Mario, we started with these guys getting these supposedly real recordings of cosmonauts before Yuri Gagarin, all the way through to American journalists writing about these same reports. We have legit Photoshop documents from the Russian space agency. And yet at the same time, it's all muddied by the waters of politics and the cold war what yeah. are you thinking you know i was looking for a good time to to bring this up and then it didn't happen and now we're at the end of the episode but uh one of the short films that i worked on when i was at uh film school was all about this really yeah the film was you called kept that quiet <laughs> The film is called The Lone Cosmonaut. Because, boy, we only have about 60 seconds. So that sounds really oh, interesting, okay. but I do think we have to jump so to conclusions. To so um, it was just, you know, it was a, it was a movie uh, covering the, the topic. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually all went to Russia and retrieved some right. of the actual artifacts uh, from the, the space Yes or things. no, though. Yeah, because it just, I, I mean, it sounds really interesting. It's hard to wrap up in a couple sentences because I actually met some of the cosmonauts who survived yeah. um, and came back down to Earth. Yeah, that would have been really interesting. 
earlier, but I mean, if you just take all that information that you know, I don't need to know that. You just use it to sum it all up as quick as you can. Well, it was just, uh, there were even flights that you didn't even mention in your research. Fucking hell, it's a disaster. Them. Right, um, <laughs> double yes then, uh, just by default. So, uh, sorry, Rory, I was trying to derail it pretty hard there. They actually all said no. They made it very clear we were not welcome at the old folks' home. <laughs> it was gotcha journalism. I kicked down the door dressed as Neil Armstrong. <laughs> They didn't take kindly to you and they tased me. (laughs) I said, remember me? Which doesn't make any sense at all. Um, (laughs) I was not welcome and I am now banned from Russia. Mother Russia. Uh, no, it was it was uh, it was a really cool film, and uh, I was more involved in the post production side of it, uh, not the the research or the writing or directing. Um, but it was a very very cool film, and I I did learn a little bit about um, yeah, this very strange time where um, these cosmonauts were being sent up into space, and it was a pretty pretty bum deal you got, which was hey, do you want to possibly be the most famous man in our country's history? Mm-hmm. Or possibly be erased from existence. Uh, yeah. That was kind of the dice roll that you had to that you had to put up with. And I guess a lot of people at that time maybe weren't being told either the odds mm-hmm. or weren't being warned about option B. Yeah, it was kind of like, do you want to do this? Maybe you'll die, but you'll be a martyr in Russian history. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, sure, I'll give that a shot. That wasn't the case. It's that like case it's like Olympic hopefuls. They don't tell the Olympic hopeful children that they're most likely wasting their life, that they'll most likely end up with no career options, no money or anything, and that they most likely won't even get into the damn Olympics. No, they (laughs) tell them they're going to be the biggest star it's ever been. Yeah. And the second they so much as twist their ankle, they're, they're... Scrambled brains. <laughs> They're useless. They're they, point, they, they are dressed up as a dummy and crashed down to earth for a test. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're so right. I mean, I guess I should have addressed at the beginning of this episode, but I think you guys are kind of used to it, to the format by this stage, that we don't always, always cover things that are explicitly paranormal. Sometimes you just have to cover a story that's creepy and mysterious and unexplained. And I think that's what this falls into. But what you're saying, it does kind of raise a question in my mind. You know, it's, I, I heard in this story in the research that um, whenever Russians did find out about supposedly failed missions, people that didn't survive and such um, in early tests, when those rumors went circulating, people were angry because they felt that lives had been sacrificed just to compete in some sort of geopolitics, dick swinging contest with America. But I mean, I'm definitely not apologizing for um, whatever tragic things happen to various astronauts through the, throughout the years. But doesn't it just feel like any amount of human exploration of Earth or otherwise has involved dangerous stunts? I mean, Jesus, how many people died trying to row in a canoe from <laughs> Africa to Australia or something. Right, right, right. I guess um, that's maybe a slightly different situation because most of those people have been warned about the dangers of what they're about to attempt. Okay. Or maybe the the whole pretense of what they're doing has been explained properly. Whereas it seems like maybe some of those cosmonauts weren't being given the full picture. Yeah. They were probably saying, this is great. You're going to be the hero. The ship's working perfectly. Just scoot past scoot past some of this, some of these shard remains uh, on the launch pad, and we'll just get you up to this brand spanking new ship. 
and the thing explodes immediately. Sure. It's as one comedian said, the dirty secret of uh, space travel is that the rocket scientists never get in the rocket. They let some <laughs> other asshole do that bit. Yeah, I, do, I don't know. I think that's, uh, I mean, <laughs> saying that every part of human development requires a sacrifice <laughs> is also a very green <laughs> goblin thing to say. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Don't you see the advancement of the species requires half the population to be okay. okay. Uh, that's way too much. That is way too much, <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah, but sure. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm arguing for anymore. <laughs> Let's just wrap it up before I get f- take it to a war crime tribunal uh I your think- russian accent starts to slip <laughs> well, anyway brother let's wrap this up oh <laughs> would uh, you not say that push comes to shove you would do the same things for as your mother, mother country <laughs> look we love to throw stones uh, on this podcast in this country but uh what government hasn't done a bunch of shady shit i just the other day <laughs> As part of my weekly routine, look at the Wikipedia page for MK Ultra, sure, and sure. Uh, look at all the incredibly horrible, shady stuff that uh, the U.S. government has done, including just experimenting on Americans without telling any of them it was going to happen. At least the cosmonauts were under the impression they were going to the moon. James, who just ate a loaf of bread at the steel factory was given 200 grams of LSD and had a heart attack in his family home. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to red pill people here, <laughs> but the U.S. government. But open wide, mother. U.S. government nuked a lot of countries. People think they just nuked during the war. No, they nuked a bunch of other places, too. And then set up scientific labs on those islands to study the effects of nuking people. Like, well, as Westerners, bad stuff. as uh, Westerners that believe we live in uh, an advanced democracy, we've done some pretty shady things. Oh, yeah. Well, it's what they say, you know, history is told by the victors. That's right. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't think of a better phrase to, uh, to kind of uh, round off this podcast. And this podcast is brought to you by Sputnik 5, the best <laughs> vaccine for coronavirus made in uh, Russia uh, from the finest uh, ingredients. Um, line up and get your dose today. Would you go to space? You know, it's becoming more of like a commercial thing now. It's it's going to be available to um, very wealthy members of the public eventually. But is that something you're interested in? Yes, I have feelings about this. I feel very conflicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as far as I'm concerned, there is tiers of air travel that I'm willing to uh, do. You know, lots of people are scared of flying full stop. Some people are scared of small planes. Personally, planes are all good. Little plane, big plane, even hot air balloon. Hell, I'm fine with it. Helicopters, on the other hand, uh, they don't seem to have a good success rate. I'm pretty against helicopters yeah i I, weirdly i wouldn't ride in a helicopter either um so i can't really justify the logic of why it feels okay to go into space when it hasn't even really happened yet but um but i am intrigued and i think if they you know it's a cliche but if they let a few other people go first and uh try it out and if it goes well um i think i'd be up for a a low earth orbit type situation um what about you (laughs) 
<laughs> you're like as long as a couple of other people go first and uh you know virgin galactic launches their first flight up everyone's waiting for the news and uh, then they post a picture of the aircraft and like weren't there like seven civilians in that picture originally beforehand <laughs> they're like no no there never was yeah, only three <laughs> people come out <laughs> yeah oh a hundred percent a hundred percent you would yeah, see, the helicopter thing for me is a little different because it's all about risk-reward. You yeah. know, the experience of being in a helicopter isn't that different from the experience that I've had in planes before. And I've flown uh, prop planes in my life. I went up in a prop plane wow. with an instructor, and we got to do barrel rolls and loop-de-loops and stuff. It was scary as shit, but I've kind of done that. So the next step for me is the stars. I want to. Ex- cool. I'd like to experience zero. Well, to be fair, I actually experienced zero gravity in the prop plane. Because you can... You've never mentioned this, by the way. Have I not? Knowing you for like 25 years. So it's... Uh, it was it was for a promotion of a video game. Uh, the Crew 2. That's not worth it. Which That's involved, ridiculous. Well, they're getting a free plug right now, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so they, they uh, invited a bunch of journalists there to like fly these planes and uh, obviously with an instructor. But, you know, you can experience G-Force in all of its fury. Uh, which almost made me black out. It is very strange. <laughs> when it's really intense, you can feel your insides shifting in your body. Mm. I've I've heard so, like that, you can I've feel your blood. You can see essentially the doors of your consciousness just shutting yeah, in front it, of your very eyes. If they don't recorrect at some point, it goes to like a pinpoint. Yeah, to like, black. That's it, nuts. It's wild. It's a very strange experience. Uh, so that was cool. But the other cool thing they do is. However, they're flying, you know, the ups and then the dips, they, uh, they give you a red ball to bring with you. And the, uh, the person you, the pilot you're flying with will tell you at certain points to like, let go of the red ball. Sure. And it's flying. You're in zero gravity because zero gravity is just, you know, that's what G force is, sure. is the gravitational force. Yeah. When you're doing a maneuver, the G force is two, it's three. Right. The gravitational force is increased. So zero gravity just means the lack of gravity, mm-hmm. not that you've escaped the ap- the Earth's atmosphere. That's right, yeah. So I was experiencing zero gravity, which was pretty cool. Uh, you are, you're like, you lift up out of your seat and you just have this harness like holding you in. The only con is obviously that lasts a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. It's in just like seconds bursts, like 10 second bursts. <laughs> Otherwise you just, at some point you need to recorrect or you are a kamikaze pilot. Uh, but yeah, it was a pretty surreal experience. I definitely would recommend it with an experienced pilot, but that wasn't enough for me. I've got the bug Mm. now. I'm like an adrenaline junkie or a crackhead. I'm a crackhead for gravity. Like Isaac Newton. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't get enough and it killed him. That's not what happened. (laughs) He couldn't get enough. And one day the apple dropped with so many G's. (laughs) (laughs) He blacked out and died. I, uh, I think I'd be up for, um going on Virgin Galactic, but I do want to wait and see if any Virgin Galactic hijackings take place because the last thing I want is to get up and be looking down upon the blue marble itself and getting that observer effect. They say that astronauts get where they feel the overwhelming LSD level peace, love and happiness and uh, joy of of all men and, and beings on Earth only to hear the guy beside you, Gary, decide that the only reason he wanted to get up was to hijack the plane and take it to Saturn. (laughs) You're stuck in space forever. Yeah, you don't want to be looking down at the bountiful beauties of 
this pale blue dot floating effortlessly in space and here in the background all right stick them up <laughs> oh no no <laughs> no how did he how did he pass the vetting process to be here although would you not want to be the first thug in space a first space pirate how gangster is that to be the first space thief the first and last space thief because oh, yeah. they will never let people in space again after that I was about to say a security guard would blast you with a ray gun, but it would probably be a regular gun. The gun doesn't have to be futuristic. No, 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 no. No, he doesn't put you in a space chokehold. No. Just a regular earth chokehold is fine. Um, let's try and rein this puppy in. I think today what we're trying to decide, Rory, is whether it's uh, not paranormal or not, or whether you think it's true or not that there were early space missions recorded by these Italian brothers. Things went horribly wrong. Um, whether or not, that's the conclusion, whether or not we think it's true, whether these things Whether these there happened. were lost cosmonauts. Uh, absolutely. Based on the knowledge that you have presented and my limited knowledge from uh, the research that was done in the, the film that I worked on. Uh, yeah, I don't see any plausible reason why this wouldn't be a real thing. Unless, as you said, you know, it probably is muddied to a certain degree by American <clears throat> propaganda. So it's, it is a d bit of a difficult one to come down on. But yeah, absolutely. I could see that this would be a real thing. I'm going to go no. Whoa. <laughs> what really sold me out there? You <laughs> launched me to space, <laughs> detonated the rocket in midair, and then said this episode never happened. <laughs> You're looking out the window as Earth does... <laughs> <laughs> just just fades out of view you're like wow kit this was really such a great idea thanks for booking us these kit kit <laughs> so long sucker there's a monkey in a spacesuit sitting beside <laughs> me what uh to be fair it's so hard to say but um a lot of people believe that those recordings were hoaxes Okay, well, you um, didn't tell me that. And it is... <laughs> it you is, kept that pretty quiet. It is. Brother. It's a... Uh, <laughs> comrade. It, unfortunately, the, the geopolitical times that we're in, it means the whole thing is so damn muddy. It's hard to know who to believe. Um, wow. So, you know, I gotta say, I don't think it's the most important episode whether we come down a yes or no. It's not paranormal anyway, um, but really interesting to talk about, really interesting to research. Thank you to Amy Grisdale for researching this one. How do you want to um, wrap up today? Do you want to like sing the, the national anthem of America and like salute the flag or something? Do you want to do that? Huh? Are you Mr. Patriot? insinuating that? I think well, everyone knows what I'm insinuating here. They got to you, brother. Everybody, mark your calendars. We made it this far in before the big man got to Kit. We'll see you next week where it's just me talking into one mic. Because uh... apparently I'm the only one that can dispel the truth anymore these days. I'll be broadcasting from 500,000 feet orbiting the Earth in my galactic craft. The truth of the next podcast is going to hit you like about 7 Gs. You're going <laughs> to black out from the intro questions alone. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into this week's edition of This Paranormal Life. Looking into all things Lost Cosmonauts. If you love this episode and you just can't get enough of that good, good paranormal investigation, head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life, where from a mere $5, you get access to over 40 full length bonus episodes into the most salacious and unbelievable paranormal tales on earth or off of it.
But if swag is really more your thing, head on over to thisparanormallife.com where we have a web store. That's right, a web store where you can get This Paranormal Life exclusive merchandise. We've got a couple different designs on there at the moment with more coming in the pipeline. Uh, but you can get short sleeves, long sleeve shirts, Chompy's North Korean cereal merchandise and regular This Paranormal Life logos. And the new tier coming to Patreon at the $20,000 level. You will be able to join the Galactic 12 with a journey around the Earth, one full orbit. This is the privilege to join myself and Rory on a orbit of the Earth once Virgin Galactic is available. You will need to fork out for the three tickets. The, the, the $20,000 is really just to get us on board to hang out with you. And you'll also have to obviously pay the rest of the members of the Galactic 12 to be there as well. Uh, I don't, I don't remember who was necessarily involved. Ryan Gosling, I remember was involved right. at one point. Um, Dr. J. Allen Hynek is obviously in the, the Galactic 12. It's a pretty exclusive club. We haven't talked about it in a while, but, uh, it's basically the 12 bravest men that have ever lived. I think we need to also get James Corden involved because I think Ryan Gosling only said yes. Cause we told him it was a space version of carpool karaoke. So, uh, if we can keep that gig up for a while, um, we should be able to get them in. And of course, if you just love the show and want to spread the word, um, definitely tell your friends and family if you think they'd be interested in the show. Um, we have never been affiliated with uh, anyone. This has always been just us, baby. We never had a podcast network, advertisers, um, big sponsors, anything at all. Um, the podcast has only survived on word of mouth alone for over four years, which is pretty f- nuts if you ask me yeah we've had a lot of big meetings with companies before but i insisted on starting every meeting with me saying well 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 a lot of them left before i could even get anything after that Uh, so a lot of our meetings have been canceled three seconds in four seconds oh we would love a sponsor we would love a big big brand to come on we're on our knees here specifically we would really like virgin galactic i think that would be great sure um but you know we're not picky guys Delta Galactic. Do they have a... <laughs> the point of this Easy was... Jet Galactic, I will fly. No one is sponsoring us anytime soon. So <laughs> thanks to you guys spreading the word has made this podcast possible. So please um, tell a friend, tell a family member, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. These uh, these things all push us. Sorry, they don't push us. They f- storm the charts yes um and get us up the rankings and and make sure that more people can hear the good gospel of this paranormal life but hell i've been yapping for long enough guys hope you enjoyed this week's episode we'll be back next tuesday with another brand new probably paranormal this time tale we'll see you then bye bye Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.